Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. I have been waiting for this week's tee box dysfunction for several reasons alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, uh, the world famous golf podcast. Uh, before we get too deep into the program, I would like to talk to you about our friends at Theragun. The stress of daily life weighs on us all, whether you're an elite athlete or just regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why we use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. Perfectly weighted, ergonomically sound, Theragun's unique multi-grip design maximizes ease, comfort, and usability with zero stress or pressure on the forearms, hands, and wrists, whether you're treating yourself or others. They sent us Theraguns, and we love them. Oh I my fire gosh. mine up after a workout, before a workout. Great way to naturally treat any lingering pain or stingers and get back to your life. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash Maddie. For a limited time, our listeners to this podcast get a free charging stand with purchase and a $79 value. That's Theragun, T-H-E-R-A-G-U-N.com slash Maddie. That's Theragun.com. Slash Maddie. Have you tried that little mini one? Oh, the mini one's fantastic. In fact, <laughs> Theragun's so good. I borrowed my Theragun to a golfing buddy of mine because he had a, a sore back. Two mm. days later, he was back on the course. See, I'm telling you. And the thing about your back, if you use that Theragun on your back, and you have to have someone help you do it if you're going to yeah. really do it correctly. But, man, that's one of those. Here's a quid pro quo. I'll do the therapy on your back if you do it on my back. And it's so, worth it. It's worth yeah. every bit of the uh, the awkwardness of it. But uh, <laughs> very, very excited uh, for today's program because <laughs> Caddy has a dilemma coming up. Yeah. Potentially. But, maybe. but I, want, I want to lead where we should with the match. Yep. Between Tiger, Phil, Tuami, and Peyton. Okay. And I will say, yep, come on, give it up. You know you have to. I absolutely loved it. Wait. What how oh, you loved the pity sport? You mean? I loved it because of what it was. It wasn't anything other than four buddies playing golf, mic'd up, talking trash. That's it. The first time that this thing happened, they tried to make it something that it wasn't. Yeah, well, this it time, was also with two guys, two correct. guys, and this what time. they were playing for, and so it was like the whole, you know, I, what, here's what I'll tell you. The first match was the definition of that pity sport that you were talking about. Correct. You know, it, it's exactly what you were talking about. and This so, was amazing because it was made for TV. And I used this parallel when we were talking about it, uh, doing some radio stuff and some sports center stuff. If you look at why this worked, it's because you had two Phil Mickelsons and two Tiger Woodses by way of success and personality. Brady is to football what Tiger is to golf. Peyton Manning was and is to football what Phil Mickelson is to golf, which is to say – 
one of them, aw shucks, affable, type of personality <laughs> that was always chasing the other, which is Tom Brady and Tiger Woods, who can talk smack as good as anyone who can cut you deep with smack talk, but they're also considered the greatest of all time in their respective sports. So they're wired just a little differently than the aw shucks, Phil and Tiger or, or Phil and uh, Peyton. Right. And I thought it worked absolutely perfectly. And by the way, if, if Tom Brady's an eight handicap, I'm a four handicap. Let's hold on. Okay. So there's a lot to break down here with, with what happened. And Number one. Let's start with the personalities. Let's unpeel it from that layer. Okay, with, so. I, I thought it worked because the teams were perfectly placed relative to personalities. Yes, that's. You had to put Tom Brady with Phil Mickelson because they offset each other. And then the same. It just happened that that Tiger and Peyton are friends and play a bunch of golf together anyway. But it did play out like I thought it was going to. The thing about the personalities is I always compare Tiger and Phil to Jack and Arnie. Yeah. When they were in their prime, people love Arnold Palmer like they love Phil Mickelson. People did not like Jack Nicholas, but they were in awe of him. Correct. And that's how it was with Tiger Woods. There were some people that loved Tiger Woods, but the people that even hated him were in awe of what he was doing on the golf course. And so – in one sense, you one sense you just want to be close to someone to watch what they do, and in the other sense, you want to walk up and hug them. And that's Phil's the guy you wanted to hug back in the day because he was like, "Man, this dude goes for broke. He doesn't he try anything at any time." And I guess in a way, you're right that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are similar to that as well. Um, so I, I think it's the exact same thing because when you look at it. Everyone always cited outside of the greater New England area. Everyone always took Peyton Manning's side because he was likable. He was on Saturday Night Live. He's got this golly gee, aw shucks, Southern way about him where Tom Brady was, lack of a better term, the ice queen of the two. Peyton Manning also didn't have any kind of craziness going on in his team. No. You know, that was, but other than than his. Well, here's the irony. His, the owner of the Colts was the one who went after the Patriots, and yes. then it was, you know, the there was, there was, yeah, there was, there was no deflate gate with the Colts. So, but if, but if you're going, if you're going strictly on personality, it's always Phil over Tiger and Peyton over Brady. But yes. if you're going on, if you're going on athletic bona fides, it's the opposite. It's Tiger and it's Tom, and it's yeah. not even close. Right. And so I thought if you dove into it from that juxtaposition, it was extremely fascinating from that point. That's part yes. one. Yes. Part and but saying Tom is an eight handicap though, look, everyone needs to know this. He can hit it. Yes. He, he can four. Yes, he can he can go get it. But here's the problem. It was painfully obvious two things. One, Tom Brady never played in rain gloves before. Ever. And he wasn't even warming up wearing them. So it was obvious Phil put his on and was like, hey, man, put these rain gloves on. It'll help you. And if right. you never played in rain gloves before, what happened to Tom Brady is exactly what would happen to you. The other thing is that rain jacket. Now, let's be honest. Do you really believe Tom Brady has ever played in weather like that? 
No, he goes home if it's bad. That's what I'm saying. So it's like when people are like, if that dude's an eight handicap, and this is where it bit Charles Barkley in the ass was when <laughs> Barkley started talking all that smack when Tom took the rain jacket off, had his regular golf clothes on, and actually had the rain gloves off too, and then hit the shot of his life and split his pants on TV. But this is this is why this I was so pessimistic, but then was so happily surprised was number one, they weren't playing for money themselves. Oh, okay. they were playing for charity. If you so, believe that, then I've got no, some oceanfront from property in Arizona. No but, no, but you know what I'm talking about. The you premise talking, of it. Yes. The premise of it was they were all raising money for charity, right? Yeah. Which is, so it wasn't like it's a million dollars. Somebody's walking home with nine hundred ninety nine thousand. You know what I mean? Like like last time where they were grinding and it wasn't just about pride. The other thing was the on course element in that first one. The two on course reporters brought nothing to the table. Nothing. This one, Justin Thomas and Charles Star. Barkley. They were absolute rock stars. Justin Thomas is a TV star. That dude, I feel bad for him because he's so young and he's going to try. Anytime he thinks he has a week off, his phone is going to be ringing off the hook. Like, I know you're not playing this week. Why don't you just go come down here and grab a microphone and a pack and walk around? Be like, nah, I need some time off. Nah, you don't. Nah, we're going to give you another $68 million. It's just to go down there and do what you do. Like, he was that. And, but the smack talk that was between him and Barkley and then Barkley going after Tom Brady and all of that stuff worked so great together. The greatest thing that I thought that no one was talking about was the fact that Tiger was Seinfeld for that day. And what I mean by that is how many episodes, if you're a Seinfeld fan, how many episodes was Jerry not the star? Like, yeah, his name's on the billboard. Like, Tiger's name's on the billboard. You say Tiger Woods, more people are going to watch. But Tiger wasn't the star of the show because he didn't smack talk a lot. He wasn't he wasn't engaged like the other guys were all engaged. And, and even Brady. Like, Brady, once he started smack talking to Charles, we didn't hear a lot from him afterwards. But, like, Barkley, Justin Thomas, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, some of the stuff that they were saying in the carts – was fabulous and okay. also was better than the four guys the week before walking and carrying their own bags, and this showed why. All right, stay there because I don't want to blow through uh, some of the points. Point one, um, there's a lot of things that we could learn from this from a um, sports coming back standpoint. I don't want to veer too much out of that conversation. But remember, match one, just between Tiger and Phil, they did not; they weren't wearing the IFBs. Right. So they could hear the broadcast, which allowed them to interact. So I thought that was a very good decision, especially kind of. It was well, a Phil dumpster got, fire, and yeah, and Phil Tiger a couple times, and Tiger was well. He he was mad on one of the shots where he oh. yanked he because they caught him right in his backswing. See, now it was, I thought it was up to the golfer before you can tee off to uh, remove the earpiece, and then that's hard Phil just to do. Forgot to do it. Yeah, Tiger. A couple, a couple of times, Tiger was just pretending that he couldn't hear. But the golf, cart is cam, the golf cart cam, phenomenal. Awesome. Um, there was a lot of advent in technology that they did in this particular version of the match that I thought made it so interesting and captivating 
and I want um, <laughs> my mom and my wife though. My mom was over and my wife was over, and both of them kept going. Hey, how come they don't have the ball trace thing for Peyton and for Tom Brady? And I'll be like, because they're shots. They don't want them traced. They yeah, don't. They want, don't. You know, yeah. you know, it would so. look like it would, it would look like a three-year-old tracing. Like a, a but see, that's, that's the other thing too. Tom Brady and and uh, Peyton Pete Manning would go to any golf course right now and beat. Nine out of ten chops at that course. Absolutely, but they're not Absolutely. playing against nine out of ten chops. They're playing yeah. against the greatest players of our generation. And Peyton talked about that with his nerves and how they. And that's why I said with with Tom Brady, when they were like, "If Tom's an eight, I'll send a limo to go pick him up." Be like, relax. Here's the deal: if you play Tom Brady and it's perfect in perfect weather like he normally plays, he's probably going to beat you down something terrible. But in this situation, but. In this situation, his nerves, and once you start going down that road, you know, Maddie, like I, I fixed you after we finished playing in four swings and you were mad. But when you're, when it, when the dumpster fire happens and the car crash and the wheels start coming off the rails, like trying to get that to stop is almost impossible for amateurs. Yeah, you just can't do it. But that being said, one of the greatest things about how horrible the two of them played in the beginning was, this exhibition, because that's what it was, is supposed to be just that. An exhibition and a chance for people who don't play this sport to see this sport being played in the way that it's normally played. And now people watched the GOAT in Tom Brady, the GOAT, struggle playing something that looks relatively easy this did more to grow the game of golf than what the president's cup has done in millennia. All right. So yes, because, and we talked about this months ago and this became official or whenever it was, I had said that the reason Peyton and Tom are an absolute no brainer get is because the reason you got 5.8 million people watching this, which is the most cable watched broadcast of golf ever the reason you got that, it wasn't because of Tiger and Phil. You got the 5.8 because it was Peyton and Tom. Because How many of those do you credit them? Three million. I think you're getting I wouldn't points. give them that much. I oh, I do. I think you're no, giving- because the, the week before they got 2.5 million. That's what I'm saying. You're getting 2.8 for Tiger and Phil, maybe three million, and you're getting right. the other three million from Brady and Manning. Oh, because okay. you opened you opened your doors to the football world, which everybody wanted to see, and I thought it was it was it was dead on to bring those guys in there because it opened the windows to, like you said, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time look human for once. Dude, my next door neighbor doesn't want nothing to do with golf. We live on a course, and he has no golf in him whatsoever. And after that match was over, the next day. I'm out in the backyard getting ready to do our sports center hit and he comes over and it's like, man, that was fun yesterday. I was like, what was fun yesterday? He goes, I watched. What? You watched? He goes, yeah, man, watching Tom Brady suck. I think I might go get some clubs and try this. And I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, man. I, you know, if Tom Brady can suck at it, then, you know, maybe I'll try it. And I was like, so wait, your neighbor who you see doing this all the time, 
and you know is in the business. Like, I can't convince you to play golf, but watching Tom Brady suck, he was like, yeah, sorry. And, and we laughed. And I'm like, that is – I am thinking that the golf industry and golf world is looking at someone like him and going, thank you, Lord. Thank yep. you. That's it's exactly the, what we were trying for. It's the relatability of it. And between that and being able to relate with what finally being able to relate with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning for us is, is chop golfers and being able to hear the inner workings of Phil Mickelson's mind when it comes to certain golf shots. Yes. If and then pulling it off. Yes. Telling you if, what he's going to do and pulling it off. If you weren't fascinated by the inner workings of a golf genius, then I can't help you because but that was see, just, this is where Barkley was amazing because Barkley was the every guy golfer who went, see, everybody has that annoying smart friend where you ask him a simple question and they give you the brain surgery answer. And that broke up. Everyone who wasn't in the weeds of golf and was like, yes, absolutely. Let's go down Phil Mickelson's rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. And yeah. everyone was like, what the hell is he talking about? Barkley then says that and it just ice breaks the whole thing. And you're like, oh, man, not only was did I get info, but then I got the guy doing the comic relief. There's a great story of Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson playing a practice round at Augusta. Uh-huh. And at, on the ninth hole, Dustin Johnson goes, I'll see you guys later. And they're like, wait, you're not going to play the back nine? And Dustin goes, if I listen to you guys for one more hole, I'll never make another effing putt in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Yes. Because that's that's the different like some here's the thing, like what Phil's saying to me makes zero sense. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the hell he's saying. Right. But what it does do for me is it allows me in his head. Mm. And that's all I want. I don't yeah. want advice i don't want to know how he's going to do a chip and run i don't want to know this that all i want to know <laughs> is how he's wired yes. to me that's the most fascinating thing with the all-time grades because they're all wired differently i just want to know how he sees things i want to know how tom brady sees coverages that's it yeah compared to compared to yeah like it'd be fascinating <clears throat> to have tom brady in one room and Peyton Manning and like Russell Wilson and or, or any quarterback like I would love to have how about how about the other thing how great this was but to finish that thought I would love to have quarterbacks in separate rooms watching the exact same film and have each of them break down how they yeah. see each progression Absolutely. Like, to how different it was but how cool is this for people who are like meh like I got in an argument with Max Kellerman who said he was just meh on it he was like meh and I was like, bro, I got to take you to school again. The fact that Steph Curry is watching it and is like, I want in the next one. Drew, I get a text. I get a text from Drew Brees' cousin who is like, hey, check out what Drew just put on Instagram. And I was on the phone with him and this is real. And he really means it. Drew Brees wants a shot at the winners. And he was like, me and Sergio got winners. Then I get a phone call from, see, I can't even, I don't want to say the name because if I say the name, you're going to be like name dropper. Let's just say. Uh, I, I, I will anyway. <laughs> All right. So during the match, Ken Griffey Jr. calls me and it's like, hey, text Brooks, your boy, 
and tell them, let's get the baseball side of this and take whoop these football players behind in in I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. So the fact that it not only engaged just golf fans, but athletes and celebrities at every level not only watched this, but now they all want in too. Yep. Goes to show that the whole cameras and microphones with no crowds around does not scare anyone at all. Yeah, but here's what, well, no, it's not the same thing. Um, it's not the same thing because you're not getting, look, you could, okay, two parts to that. One, yes, you could do athlete and pro golfer without a crowd and with that kind of access because, yes, I agree with you there. But you're, not you. getting, but you're not getting this kind of access to the player in a normal PGA tournament, period. So that's where the crowd comes into play. But, you but we will. You. We will. You don't need a crowd for this. I 100% agree. Because don't it's, need, I it's got a TV show. argument with, with Taylor Twelman as well. It's a TV show. No. But you need it for a tournament. No, you don't. No, yeah, you, you do. don't. But for the same reason that soccer was awesome, the sa- I'm just going to say, he was. thinks – what? Because you piped crowd noise in. I'm not going to have was, this conversation. Now, this is the okay last podcast, but go were ahead. You, on, well, this I just want to ask you this: Were you okay with them piping in crowd noise? Because Taylor no, thought it was awesome. It was stupid. Okay, see that. Thank you. We okay as long as we agree on that. Yeah, we agree on that. But I, I'm fascinated. I would love to hear the argument you and Taylor had the, between the difference of because he thinks he'd rather just pump in crowd noise because that's no, even better. Like stupid. no. No, Thanks. it's absolutely okay. stupid. All right, cool. But what you're seeing here is you were seeing the birth of a new type of golf league, for lack of a better term. And you are basically seeing why we created this podcast come to life. Because we said when we were golfing at PGA National two and a half years ago when we wanted to create this thing, yes. golf is the great connector. Everybody – Hall of Famers in different sports, athletes, actors, anybody loves golf. And so now what you're seeing, because now this is coming to life, you're going to get the Ken Griffey Juniors, the Drew Breeses, and these athletes that we said that we would sit down with and use golf as the connector, you are going to see, mark it down, this will be an annual thing, and Mm. it will grow from four people to eight to 16 no no oh i disagree no here's and this is what's gonna happen here's the problem with that though the problem with that is you can't if you do eight people you're gonna miss something i only want four here's what this here's what this should turn into if it's going to be as successful as it potentially can be it is going to be our this generation's version of shell's wonderful world of golf where Once a month to even you could even do. Yeah, I would say, you know, once every year, once every year, four big stars get together and they do this in this exact same manner. The problem with doing more than one foursome is twofold. Number one, if you try and do it on live TV, you're going to miss a lot. And if you do it taped, if you do it taped, then it's never it's not going to be genuine because they're going to cut out. They're going to corporately cut out the things that they think, oh, well, that we don't want our guy to be seen in that light. Well, it's like I'm the Ladanian Tomlinson when his person 
was no, like, yeah, hey, he, can we do his This Is Sports Center without his helmet on? Be like, that's the joke, dumbass. Well, what I'm saying is, is you do, let's just say there's a field of 16. It's like Breeze was saying, he wants the winner. You just do it round robin. You have one match go out on Thursday, one match of four. All right, so winner advances. Two two, yeah, you know what I mean. So then, and then on Sunday, it's just yeah. It's, but you're not advancing if if there's a group in the wings waiting. But that's where that's where no, this no, no, becomes. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Hear me out for a minute. All right. So you have match of four on Thursday. Yep. Winning to advance. They're moving on. Okay. They would play Saturday. The winner of oh, I got you. Yes, and I got then you'd you. You have another match of four play Friday. Winner, I mean, they kind of get screwed out of it, but they play again. I'd be lucky to draw, but they would play the winner. Or you could do, you could even Sunday. add four. You, but yeah, no. everyone advanced to the championship yeah. on Sunday. Yes. You see what I mean? Because yes. here's what's going to happen. Brooks is going to find his buddy that he wants to play with. Let's use Ken Griffey Jr. Justin Thomas is going to find a pro athlete, Steph Curry, that he wants to play with. It's going to be a thing. This is almost like golf NBA jam. Yes. Yeah. I'm Even, telling you, this is going to be this could potentially be like all star weekend. But that's why the 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 what you have what we have to be careful with in the media is going in that direction and be like, man, this was awesome. We need to have 32 guys come in <laughs> like calm down. What the reason that this is going to be huge is if you only want to give people a taste and if you keep giving them little tiny tastes then it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Where if you oversaturate it too fast, it's going to be like, meh. Yeah, What's it's like, like, there's there's no reason to watch. And the problem is, like, too, getting all of those guys, it's easy. You only had two golfers. We got Tiger and Phil. So we only had to get two golfers together at one time. And this is, you know, we're in a special situation now where Tom Brady, who is still, like, even he said, you know, I've been thinking about football, Chuck. I've been thinking about football a lot, Chuck. You know, you know I'm focused on football, which is watching Tom Brady get mad like that because his buddy is needling him so hard. And then when they said to Tom, like, or when they said to Chuck, they were like, man, Chuck, he's getting mad. He's like, nah, Tom could, right before Tom hits the shot, Chuck is like, Charles Barkley's going, man, Tom could take a joke. He could take a joke. He knows what's up. And then when Tom hits that shot and is like, take a suck on that, Chuck. Take your medicine, Chuck, and you can see all that release oh, of that right. venom come. It was like that's it made the show. It was awesome, but that's why you still have to have. If it's a golfer and at like so now Tiger, getting Tiger and Peyton back together to defend, you know they're not going to be able to do that every week. Tiger's still playing golf, you know, in a sense. Oh yeah, you just have so, to. Like, you- Find a gap on the calendar where all these yeah. dudes can just be a part of it. And I don't think yeah. it'd be as difficult, um, but I'm with you. You can't saturate it because like the college football playoff expansion crowd that I have to tell to shut up every year, <laughs> you don't want to make this too big. Yeah, all right, yeah. so love the match. We both give it an A for entertainment because they, embraced, they embraced what it was, and I loved it. Now, the news that we teased you with last week of Caddy having something – he gave me a sneak preview after the pod, and I couldn't wait to get back here. So please tell the patrons what could be coming your way. Your boy might put a bag back on his shoulder again for a week or two. 
as a actual caddy. caddy America's caddy might actually PGA be Tour. a PGA Tour pro's caddy if needed. Why? Well, there Which, are. By the some, way, I love this, but you th- th- explain why. There potentially could be some issues with caddies getting back into the country and caddying for pros. So the what I have offered up is as a guy who caddied on the PGA Tour as long as I caddied on tour, I understand how the business works. And to be honest with you, caddying is a cutthroat business, too. So if you're out of work caddy and you're full time caddy, you're looking to get a full time gig, not a part time gig. So what happens is hard. It's hard for a player who already has a full time caddy if he needs only a guy for a week or two. Right. Because during the week that they're together, it's going to be, man, we work real well together. Maybe we should keep this party going. Like as the player, you know, the guy's going to be lobbying to hold on to this gig, you know, because it happens, man. That's like it. That's human nature. It's not. It's not necessarily somebody being mean or evil or something like that. It's the nature of the business, right? Where in my case, where they want a relationship, you're you're okay being a hit it and quit it. What? Yeah, you what? Can be I, a one yeah. week stand. <laughs> That's exactly right. I want to be I want to be my own Natalie Portman for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're okay being a Tinder caddy. Yeah, I'm cool. Swipe left. You know what I mean? Swipe right. Do what you got to do. And that's the other thing as being friends with so many caddies out there that if they're in a situation where they want to know that their job is going to be secure when they get when they can get there to actually work, then that they can count on me not trying to bogart their job because I love what I do at ESPN and I'm not trying to give that up. Like I want to keep I love this full time gig and that's what this is. This is a full time gig. But then being able to caddy also is being able to do something and put me and us ESPN in a situation that nobody else gets to be in. And that is absolutely love this inside the rope. So there's a potential. Now, since we talked about this last week, there has been a development that, well, no, it actually makes me disappointed. That makes me think that it might not happen. And the reason is. The LPGA and their commissioner, Mike Wan, I played golf last Friday with Christina Kim. And uh, it then came out um, as well. The Caddy Network put a tweet out about it. Um, The LPGA Tour is going to have events, their first bunch of events, where caddies are not required at all. Right. And because of that, then there potentially could be a bunch of unemployed LPGA Tour professional Ah. caddies that are now looking for gigs. And so the the thought of those guys, you know, being able to work for the week down at either Colonial or Harbortown or Travelers, like those couple of first tournaments and stuff, the, the potential of those guys also looking for work then, you know, makes it. Less likely that I would need to be called into service, but I've been I've been doing a whole bunch of walking and a whole bunch of swimming uh, to try and get into caddy shape. Um, if, if now the, the good golf, news is the, the first two tournaments, yeah, the first two tournaments are two of the easiest walks on the PGA. Yeah, Colonial's flat, and so is Harbor Town, yeah. just just straight up flat. So because I 
I talked to her caddy. I'm still waiting. I don't I don't know when Caddy Confidential will be posted, but um Caddy Confidential, I spoke to a caddy who talked about how he's actually been playing golf carrying his own bag because he doesn't want to be out of shape. And then other caddies, when they saw what he was doing, were like, why are you carrying your own bag? And he was like, because when we come back, man, I'm going to be out of shape. And a couple of caddies then, because of that, started putting 25 pounds of crap into backpacks and going on walks to get back in shape. Yeah, to get back in shape. Yeah. So the potential of, of me going to caddy at Colonial is is I would say right now 50-50. Oh, if the golf is, gods exist. Yeah, there, which is wild because gods, I'm not going to be there. I, I'm not going to cover the tournament. Right. So if, if I'm not caddying, I'm not going. The only way for me to go to this tournament and be there is if I caddy. So be amazing. All right. Yeah. So keep us posted on that. Keep your fingers uh, crossed. And what we're going to try to do, I want to try to effort uh, Barkley here in the next week or so. Yes. I'll reach out to him and see if he wants to come on because he does want to come on. But I'd love as, you know, week settles to get him on to recount what happened. But you, you know what we have to do with Barkley, though? Barkley is probably going to have to be two podcasts. We're going to have to split it in two. Yeah. Because we have to find out the golf Barkley's golf history. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we got to do, we got to do Charles Barkley, the feature and then Charles Barkley, the match. Yeah. Charles Barkley, the broadcaster. So what, what that podcast would have to be would be, we'll probably talk to him for like 90 minutes to an hour and we can just turn that into two. Chop podcasts. It up. Yeah. Like, so when yeah. will you know about colonials? We leave as we leave the patrons for another week. When will you know? It's not, it's, it could be last minute because okay. there are there are because of the regulations of being quarantined. One caddy got here this past Saturday and is quarantining for 14 days. But now we're inside of 14 days from the week starting. Right. But because I'm already in the United States and there are other caddies already in the United States, I literally could get a call. We could do the podcast next week. And I could still be on the bench, but literally the phone could ring while we're doing the podcast next week, and it'd be the bull the bullpen phone going oh. bring bring out the lefty. I bring love lefty. like I love it. We are on official caddy caddy watch here <laughs> on Maddie and the caddy. That's what we're gonna do. And I want a siren to go off if you get called out of the bullpen. How about this? I will I will officially put it on Twitter and and put it on our. Maddie and the Caddy Twitter feed. I'll put it on my Twitter feed and then I'll retweet it on the Maddie and the Caddy Twitter feed and Instagram as well. That um I'm officially warming up in the bullpen just in case. Okay. All right. So everyone join Caddy Watch with all of us as we eagerly await <laughs> Caddy Watch to return. <laughs> Sounds like of, a TV show. Of this America's week, Caddy. On Caddy, Caddy Watch. Watch. This you, week on Caddy Watch. You're like running in slow motion on the beach. <laughs> Carrying a golf like bag golf with bag. clubs flying out the back of it. Stuff. Just horrific. That would be horrific. You're welcome for that pilot idea. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
Keep us posted, and we will uh, catch you next week for the caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. Appreciate you listening to another edition of Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.